Well, hey, uh, I haven't got to be up here really uh, since we were at Asbury, and I just want to encourage you about what the Lord is doing across our nation right now, because it's not ending. Guys, the season has shifted, and just because they're not having prayer meetings right now at, at Asbury doesn't mean that we've missed something or something is over. This is just the beginning of what I believe is going to be breaking out. We're going to see over these next years. And when you, when you look at moves of God, you know, the things begin to break out. And what we've seen over these last several months, the hunger that we've witnessed is not something that I, I know that I've ever seen anything quite like it um, in my life. And so we got there. We stood out in the rain our first day. One of the smartest things we did was uh, buy some umbrellas before we, uh, before we got there. And, uh, yeah, in the room, if you could give me some audio on that. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's worship. It's simple. It's pure. It's passionate. It's acoustic. <laughs> there, weren't, uh, there weren't drums. There wasn't a bass guitar. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't professional. But it was beautiful. And the presence of, of the Lord in the room was so strong. And, and it was, it was Gen Z very much, uh, very much leading out in, uh, in what we experienced there. And uh, getting up and just testifying. One guy got up and said, I feel like I'm living in the book of Acts. He said, I prayed for a guy who had a, a, a man who had a tumor on his head the size of a strawberry. And he said it left right then. And, uh, and so, you know, and just people encountering Jesus and just pure, passionate love. Uh, this, the second day we were there, we froze, and uh, it, uh, it snowed a little bit off and on, just little flurries, flurries of snow, and uh, was, was worth every minute. This guy preached his first sermon, and this is one of the leaders standing there, and, and uh, the leaders were, were very involved. But they were involved in such a way that really promoted Gen Z to be stepping out. And this guy, he's helping this guy who just preached his first sermon. He's actually helping him do the invitation. And it was beautiful to watch that. And uh, the kindness that was there was something I, I don't, I've never seen anything like it. Um, you know, there are Ph.D. professors at this university who are just helping us find our seats. And smiling. Uh, that showed so much of Jesus right there, just the kindness and the humility, and it also showed a lot about their culture, because you you can't make that up in a few days. That was all that was already in their culture, and uh, so, and then I came back to this place called Convergence, and uh, I believe Paul Davis sent me this picture, and uh, we had a thirty-five hour service. People would not stop. And what a great problem. And I just want to say, I love this house. And I love, I love the passion, convergence that you carry for the Lord. We're not here to make something up. We're not here to pressure, but we're here to, to do whatever God wants. And uh, it was such a, a powerful time. I love the way the generations mix in our house. And uh, the way the love of God flows between the generations at convergence. And uh, what, a, what, a, what a powerful time that was. But, guys, what a powerful time it is. 
And, and we're not the same. We haven't been the same. And, and you know, I, I even look back a year before when things began to break out in, in January of 2022. And, and the Holy Spirit began to interrupt us <laughs> in kind of a fresh way. And, and something was already beginning back then that I feel like has been preparing us uh, for this season. Um, I love this. Um, what I give, I give her a prophetic word. And this is about hour 33 of our 35-hour service. And I gave her a prophetic word that someday she'd be a worship leader and was going to help lead in worship. And then I went back to the piano, and guess who grabbed the mic to lead worship? Don't you love this younger generation? They're not going to wait, you know, 20 more years, but they're stepping out. And that was one of my, actually one of my favorite moments of this whole thing. And I just want to say well done, Convergence in stewarding what the Lord is pouring out. Amen. And uh, we're, we're in a river, and God's not finished with us yet. <laughs> and uh, well done. Uh, several weeks ago, um, I, somebody texted this prophetic word to me, and I, I want to share it with us because uh, um, it, it was released actually in November, and someone sent it to me in January. But it, I, I just want to start reading through it. it it said on the 2nd of November, 2022, I was, I was in worship on my living room floor in Australia, in Australia, when I saw myself in the spirit worshiping in a living room that I knew was in the United States. And as I worshiped, I felt like I was in both locations. And I was taken up in the spirit above the home and into the sky where I realized I was looking over the cities of Dallas and Fort Worth in Texas. And suddenly there was a shaking and a rumbling of thunder and now, I'm reading this on Tuesday morning, January 31st. Now, I don't know if you remember that Tuesday, but that Tuesday was the Tuesday it started sleeting, and we had thunder sleep. So the very, after, right after I read the word thunder, this is part of why I'm, I'm reading this to you today, because right after I read the word thunder, in, on January 31st, it thundered in my house. How many of you heard thunder? <laughs> you know, it was part of the storm. Which doesn't happen in every uh, winter storm, which is rare to have a winter storm. But uh, so, so that, it thundered right as I was reading this. So that really got my attention. And so there was thunder, but it was the earth below beginning to move. And then I saw the hand of the Lord pick up this region, and it looked like a massive chessboard. Then he flipped it upside down, and he placed it back down. Then I heard the Spirit of God say, knock, knock, Dallas. Now, we can include Fort Worth. Right? And uh, have you ever been so far away that you had to say you were from Dallas? Okay, I have to. I know it's painful. Now, we love Dallas, but it, it's, it's painful to say, yes, I'm from Dallas. Um, but sometimes I have to do that. Uh, I felt the bubbling of a word begin to come, and I said, Dallas, the Lord is knocking upon you and calling you forth in this hour to be a doorway for the nations where the King of glory can come through. Where religion has tried to shut this door and a mixture and compromise have kept you limited for a time and gagged you for a season, preventing you from entering fully into the role that I've ordained for you. But now there comes a shaking and that will separate the wheat from the chaff, the actors from the lovers, and the opportunists and the holy remnant. This shaking is going to reveal you to the earth and cause the doorway to swing wide open. And you will be a hub of my glory that displays me in a unique and a strategic way. For in the days to come, says the Lord, you will not only be a birthing place, but you will be a refuge. 
and a gathering place for my eagles once again. For it was said, has what God breathed upon this place departed? And the spirit of religion that has set up her chalices and idols of silver and gold, but watch now as I overturn her tables and evict what was sought to spin my glory into mammon. And I will release a fresh baptism of holiness and a raging fire into the land. And just as the death decree was invited in this place and now has finally come to an end, and that's referring to Roe v. Wade, which actually began in Dallas in 1970, three years, three years before it made it to the Supreme Court in 1973, which nine days earlier, some of you were with us in Dallas to actually celebrate the 50 years that that started that it's not there anymore and to declare life. And so it was nine days before I was standing at the very, what was the courthouse where Roe v. Wade began in 1970 with the first first legislation in Dallas, uh, we were there decreeing life from that place. That as death went from that place and went all the way to the Supreme Court three years later and ravaged our nation for 50 years, life will come forth from that place. And so it was nine days earlier that we were there declaring that. And as I use this place to release a decree of life that releases shockwaves around the earth, Jubilee has come and the death decree has been finished and now the pent-up flood of my spirit can no longer be held back. And a new song will be heard and the Davids will come out of hiding and you will once again be known for the Davidic call I destined over you from the beginning. You will be known. Knock, knock, Dallas. It's time. Then he ended it with Psalm 24. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. And so this whole word is an invitation. And I believe God has an invitation not only for us but for our region in this season. And so this morning, I want to I look at an invitation in Scripture, and I want to stay on our theme that we've been on for the last several months of the table. The Lord's been speaking to us about, about the table, and so I want to look at one of the key Scriptures that's an invitation to meet with Jesus at the table, have you ever received an invitation that was a blessing to you, that you remember? You know, invitations, the best invitations are about getting to connect with people in a fresh way. I remember the first time I got an invitation uh, from my friends at Bethel that said, hey, we want to, this is a, we want to invite you to a, a VIP lunch at Chris Vallotton's house. I remember I was so excited about that, and, and I went, and but you know what? You know what happened at that lunch was I sat across the table from a man named Russell Black, and I said to him, said, hey, I've been wanting to go to Cuba. He said, well, I've been going to Cuba for 25 years. you got to come with me. And so I got to go to Cuba three times because of an invitation. And an invitation, God invites us into things that are part of our next season. And I, I believe there's an invitation in front of us. And so I want to look today, actually at the church of Laodicea. 
this church that was invited into a deeper place with the Lord. Now, let me say this as I preach. On, I've, you've never heard me preach on the church of Laodicea if you've been here for 30 whatever years. I've never preached on the church of Laodicea, and I honestly haven't wanted to um, <laughs> because I, there was, there's a whole vein of church history and thinking that divides the church into dispensations. And in, in some ways, I, I grew up hearing that, like, we are in the Laodicean age. Like, this is the age where the church is supposed to be lukewarm. <laughs> and let me just say something. You're not in the Laodicean age. Okay? <laughs> that division and marking up of the church didn't even come until the 1800s, the way people divided that out. It's not in the Bible that it says now is the a Laodicean time. That's something people do. They, they take that and they section out scripture that this is this age. And when you look at these arguments, it's actually very complicated. You're like, how did people ever even believe this? But once things like that got set in, there were even certain Bibles that like that was part of the study Bible. That, so it's actually not scripture, but it was in your Bible next to you there telling you that you're part of the Laodicean age. Well, it's just something that, that someone came up. And, uh, and, and many scholars accepted in that time, which is just not true. So, so I haven't wanted to preach on the Church of Laodicea, but actually, as I begin to study this and, and to look at the message of the table in the Scripture, it's actually an amazing, amazing passage. And I believe it's an invitation for us to come to the table with Jesus. And many of us, even as we heard the gospel preached to us, we, Revelation 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. That's a verse we're familiar with. But actually, and I'm not saying it should never be used in preaching the gospel, but the, the context of this verse is not about lost people. It's actually Jesus speaking to a church saying, hey, church, I really want to come in and I'm inviting you to the table with me. I'm inviting you, church, into a deeper place of knowing me and fellowshipping with me. And I love what this verse says. I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. It's like the language is even awkward here because it's emphasizing the depth of communion and relationship and fellowship. And that's what God has called us to. And wherever we are today, he's always calling us deeper. As long as we're here on this earth, and I believe even, even in heaven, we're going to be going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. But we're always called to know him more and to go to new places with him. So we are called and invited to the table with Jesus. We are called to hear his voice. And in this room today, he is speaking. And I believe his voice is going to be heard in this room today. And I believe that he's going to show us ways that we can go deeper with him. I believe he's going to show us how to respond to the invitation that he has for us. And so we're invited to sit at the table with Jesus. Isn't that an amazing invitation? There is no greater invitation than being invited to the table with Jesus Christ himself. So we're invited to 
deeper places of intimacy and fellowship with him. And everything flows out of intimacy with Jesus. And everything we're going to look at in this passage, it flows out of deeper intimacy with him. It doesn't flow out of trying harder. It doesn't flow out of being more committed. It flows out of abiding with him. You can't make it happen, but he's inside of you. And everything flows out of intimacy and fellowship with him. And now, as I looked at this also, the next verse, it's not only an invitation to a table, it's an invitation to a throne. He who overcomes, I will grant him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. It's an invitation to reign with him and to rule with him. What an amazing invitation we have from Jesus. So let's look at this passage. Revelation 3, verse 14, to the angel of the church in Laodicea. It's the word messenger. Um, I actually do believe that churches have angel messengers. Um, and that angels are, are very important. I'm not going to preach on them today. But I believe it literally, that it literally was addressing the angel of the church. Uh, to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The amen, the faithful and true, the witness, the beginning of creation of God says this. And you can't tell on the screen, but it's, uh, it's red print. A couple Sundays ago, I was explaining to Addie right here on the floor, my little uh, four-year-old, four-year-old grandchild, what the red print is about. And this is red print. This is Jesus speaking to his church. He says, I know your deeds. I know that you're neither cold nor hot. And I wish that you were cold or hot. And so because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, Jesus is speaking to a church. And he's addressing them like this because they were called to burn. We have been created to burn. You are created to burn. And you say, well, Steve, are, are you saying that, that we're lukewarm? No, I'm not, I'm not saying that you're lukewarm. But I do want to ask you this question. Are you as hot and on fire for the Lord as you have ever been in your life? Have we allowed ourselves to cool off? (laughs) You know, you think about it, your your coffee in the morning, you you leave it there, and what happens to it? Nobody advertises lukewarm coffee. (laughs) You think about it, we have cold brew, really popular, hot coffee, and lukewarm. It becomes lukewarm because it's left alone. Because it's sat for a time and nothing has happened to to reheat it. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure in our society as believers to just be safe. Don't overdo it. 
Society says it's just all the time. That's fine. You can go to church, but just don't become one of those. <laughs> Lukewarm is, is safe. Guys, burning is dangerous. Burning is out of control. Burning is going to get you in trouble with the world. But you are called to burn. And as a house, we are called to burn. And I want to encourage us that we've seen some fire in this house, but we ain't seen nothing yet. And we are called to burn more as a house. And we just read a prophetic word that I believe that we are to be on the forefront of that word in our region. God has always used this house long before I came as a forerunner church in this region and in our nation. And so we're invited to burn and we're created to burn. You were made to burn. You were not made to fizzle out. You were not made to just look back and say, wasn't I on fire then? You're not made to look back and say it was so easy to worship then and so easy to pray then. And I had such a fire for the word then. And I could tell people about Jesus then. It is called to be now. And we have had so much precious fire entrusted to us that we cannot be normal. So he goes on to say, because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, you do not know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, and blind and naked. And what he's saying here is you filled your lives with other things and you got to stay hungry. Marcy and I had dinner with a wonderful couple from our church Thursday night. Uh, the man was 79. And we sat, in his, we sat in his apartment and he looked over at me and he said, Steve, I don't want to miss the next move of God. 79. He said, I'm, fr I'm afraid. I might, how, can I, how can I not miss, miss the next move of God? He said, I know people miss moves of God, and I don't want to miss the next move of God. And I love, I love that hunger. And I know that's why you're here today. We're invited to stay hungry, to not be filled up. I, there has never been a time in history where there are more things that want to fill you up. You have access to all the information. You have access to every movie that has ever been done. We can fill our lives with things, but we are called to fill our lives with him. Amen. And we've got to stay hungry. And to stay hungry, it's going to take intentionality. I will fill my life with him. I will not be satisfied with the things of this world. I am not here to fulfill the American dream. But I am here to burn and to give my life for the one. That I am going to gaze into his eyes for all eternity. For the next billion years. He is my focus and he is my focus now. I will stay hungry. So he says, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire. So that you may become rich. And as I read this and meditated on this over the last month, 
it, I love this right here because he's saying, I want you to have gold that's refined by fire. And I wonder if the, if the Laodicean church didn't start to experience some fire of tribulation and pull back. Because there's there are precious things that God has for us that only come through the fire. Precious spiritual things that no amount of money can buy that God wants to give us as we come through the fire and the water. He never said we would not have fire. In fact, in the book of 1 Peter, it says you're going to suffer for evil or for good. You might as well suffer for doing good. <laughs> Suffering's a part of this journey. Fire's a part of this journey. And as we come and we embrace the fire of what God's doing and the trials that we walk through, the tribulations that we come through, and we say, I will not turn back. I will not let my heart grow cold. I will not grow bitter in the midst of the fire. I will burn with the presence of God. And there is a precious gold that comes from only from the refining of the fire. And so he says, hey, I have that for you, church. I want to give that kind of riches to you. I want you to have the kind of wealth that no amount of money can buy. So we're invited into true riches. And the Laodicean church was invited into those riches. And then he says, I want to give you white garments. Is it okay to just walk through this passage? I want to give you white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. He says, I want to give you true purity. Where you're not having to hide, but you have, you have garments. And the beautiful thing about this, it's, it's the Lord saying, I have all this for you. <laughs> he's not telling you to go make up a garment. He, he's like, I have this for you, church. This is what... I invite you into. And then he says, I want you to have eye salve to anoint your eyes that you may see reality. And has there ever been a time where we've needed to see reality like now? Has there ever been a time where everyone has their truth? And one person is saying this and one is saying this. Has there ever been a time when we need a discerning church that has eyes to see as now? He wants to give us true vision. He's saying, I have that. I have that. I invite you into true vision. I invite you to see spiritual reality. And it's fascinating, isn't it, to live in the truth to see through, to have eyes that can see and ears that can hear. So those whom I love. Now, as I, I looked at this, it's the word phileo. I first thought it would be the word agape. And, and you know, as you study the Greek, Greek, it's important to note, like, there can, these words are somewhat flexible, just like even words in, in our language. Um, but it is interesting to me, to me that that he did choose that word here. And I looked in a lot of times in Revelation, it is the word agape, but here it's phileo, which does many times signify more of a friendship kind of love. And I love that because to me it fits the context even of the table. 
those whom I love, those whom I've invited into fellowship and friendship, were invited to be overcome by the love of God. Jesus said in John 15, he said, he said I no longer call you slaves, but I call you friends. <laughs> I call you friends. A slave doesn't know what his master's doing, but I've called you into that place of revelation where you get to know my heart. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. We're invited to live in repentance. You say, well, well I already did that. <laughs> well, that's good. It was a good start. But you get to live a life of repentance. We get to live a life of repentance. You're a saint. You're a holy one. But you're going to spend the rest of your life aligning with that holiness, too, in your thoughts and your actions. All of us are in process right now. And so that means you live a life of repentance. And there are marker moments in that. I remember the day where the Lord, uh, he showed me that there were things in my life in the past that it was time that I not only turned from them, but that I actually had to go back and apologize for them. And <laughs> excuse me. So there were a number of things he showed me. Um, I, I wrote a letter to an organization, said, hey, the way I did this wasn't honest. They wrote back, said it wasn't a big deal. I wrote, I wrote a former employer. I said, hey, I felt like I spent too much time in, at working late in the evening down here with these in the album collection. They were like, oh, no, it's no big deal. You're a good employee. But I knew in my heart I was to write them. I called up girls. I said, hey, the way I treated you wasn't right, and I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I've given my life completely to Jesus, and the way I treated you was wrong. And I'm sorry. I knew, I knew it was a marker moment that those things were to be sealed off. But with that, we have moments like that. But we live a life of repentance. If you have a healthy marriage, you live a life of repentance. <laughs> marriage helps us grow in ways we don't want to sometimes. Right? I'm the only one. Sometimes I'm the only one up here. It's lonely up here, guys. You got to help me out. All right. So... Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I remember another moment of repentance. A mentor of mine, uh, Graham Cook, we were in Tulsa. And we were sitting there with Graham. And Graham said to me, he said, Steve, in his British accent, which kind of feels unfair because it always feels more anointed. He said, Steve, I really feel like you need to work on joy. He said, I, I, want, I want you to work on having more joy in your life. And I want to be honest with you, I was devastated. I was devastated. I was like, it was really, I had to really process through that. Um, and it probably wasn't all that, you know, sometimes we take things, make them more than they are when people say things to us. Anyone else do that too? Um, but... But I had, I had to process through it. But you know what? 
I'm thankful that Graham Cook said to me, Steve, you need more joy in your life. It's actually become one of my life messages. <laughs> it's become one of my life messages. And I preached on joy, maybe on six continents. <laughs> I preached in six continents. And have seen more outpouring when I preach on joy than almost anything else. I remember seeing people roll in the coral that actually hurt in, on the island of Pompeii, way out in the Pacific. And, and people were laughing late into the night so much so that they said, hey, we can't have this much laughter the next night. People have to sleep. <laughs> Repentance is a good thing. And thank God that those whom he loves, he reproves. And disciplines and repentance is a gift from God. The kindness of God brings us into repentance. Repentance, it's, it's a door of opportunity to step into deeper places with the Lord. It's an opportunity to turn from our thoughts and to receive his thoughts. And we are all in a process of repentance. And so then we come to verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. We're invited again to hear his voice and respond. And we're invited to sit at the table with Jesus. I want us to stand this morning. And if I could have someone with the keys, it'd be great. Lord, thank you for the invitation to come to your table. And Lord, even thank you for this uh, prophetic word that was a knocking. It was an invitation. And we just want to come as a house and say, Lord, would you find us ready? Lord, would you find us ready? as a house for what you're doing across the earth. Lord, as you look, would you find hearts in this room that are completely yours, that you might strongly support us. <clears throat> and Lord, you have shown us so much. <clears throat> we have tasted and we have seen things that many never experienced in their entire life. We felt the depths of your presence. We felt your fire. We've seen miracles. Lord, in this room, We've seen deaf ears open. We've seen cancers leave. We've seen people's life extended from what the doctor said they were supposed to live. Lord, we've heard your voice. We hear your voice often, Lord. You speak to us. 
Lord, we've had angelic encounters in this room. As a house, as a people together in your presence. And Lord, we've walked through every kind of season and every kind of fire and testing, refining, and we want to thank you for every single moment of it, God, that you have refined us, you have burned us, and we just want to invite you to burn more in this house. Lord, we thank you for the invitation today to burn more. For for each one of us in this room today, Lord, may there never be a place of our saying, I burned more then. We will not cool off. We will not become lukewarm. We will not bow down to the religious pressure of our region and of this nation right now. We will not bow down to the idols. Let there be a wild burning fire in this place. If this is you this morning and you're saying, I want to burn more, come, let's just come to the front right now and let's just begin. Let's just begin to cry out. God, you've entrusted so much to us. Find us faithful. You've given us so much fire. You've given us so much fire, God. How can we not burn? Father, would you ignite Ignite us, God. Ignite this house. And Lord, if you happen to be looking for a people to use as forerunners, find us ready with humility, with not an ounce of pride. Find us not saying, I've done that, I've been there. I've experienced revival. God, don't let us hang on to something you did then. As the church in Laodicea did. God, find hearts ready to burn. Burn. Burn in us. Just begin to speak out loud. and Just ask him, Lord, burn in me. Burn, ignite. Just begin to pray. Just begin to release your prayers. Lord, burn in my heart. Burn in me, Lord. For some of you that have been walking through a season of intense testing, and if you'd be honest, you'd, you'd say, hey, hey it's, I really felt like I've been burning. <laughs> I just want to bless what God is producing through the fire in your life as you walk through this fire right now. 
that you will be found with precious, precious, precious gold. Father, may there not be an ounce of bitterness. I just, I, right now I see people releasing some forgiveness. <laughs> there have been those that have been, have spoken, have done things that have been often been a part of that refining fire. We forgive them, Lord. We forgive, we forgive. Just forgive right now. Just forgive. It's in such an important key of coming through the fire, not being bitter, but being broken and burning. Thank you, Lord. I see people right now offloading things that we've been satisfied with, that we've just even filled our lives with, that aren't a part of the season coming up. Just whatever the Lord says to you, maybe there's an adjustment to, to that. Lord, we refuse to be full, full of social media and not full of you. We refuse to be full of likes from friends <laughs> when you want to kiss us on the forehead and you want to speak words that release life you want to speak words over us that release the burning as the men were walking on the road to Emmaus they said were not our hearts burning within us as we listened as we walked on the road Jesus, it's walking with you that creates the burning in our hearts. And we are here, Jesus, to say that we want to spend the rest of our lives on that road with you. Hearts burning, hearts on fire, because we are listening and full of your word. And we are not full of the things of this world and of this earth, God. Let us burn. Let us burn. Let us burn. Let us burn. Father, burn away, burn away impurities. There's a grace right now for repentance. There's a grace, there's a grace to be free from pornography. Whatever it is, whatever we've allowed to fill us, sometimes even we just allow ourselves to just be filled with even just food to seek pleasure from other things Lord only you can satisfy only you can fill you were created with this place in you that only God can fill nothing else will satisfy nothing else, nothing else nothing else nothing else will satisfy
I just even feel like tears in our eyes this morning, like his eyes sat from heaven. That you're giving us eyes to see. Jesus, we look into your eyes of fire, your eyes. Jesus, would you give us true vision? I just want to pray as a church that Convergence would be a church that's really good at repenting. That we will turn, we will go where you go, we will say what you say, we will do what you do. Lord, that it won't take years to get us there. at the table with us, Lord. You love our voice. We love your voice. I just see families at the table. I don't know what you think of your table, but I just want to declare it's becoming the table of invited to every meal with you. Your family together is invited to dine with him and he with you. Yes. Yes. Lord, whatever that looks like for each family here, dining with him, Whatever it looks like for each individual, that you dine with him. word knock knock Dallas we just want to say here we are Lord come in come in if that's in your heart just say it let's just speak it out right now come in come into this region Lord come in Jesus we will not hold you out we will not say oh we're a Christian region we go to church Lord we need you we need fire we need fire. Would you burn? Would you find us ready? Would you ignite through us, God? 
if there's a table you've prepared for our region, we want to take our place. If you're looking for a table in this region, God, are people who will make room at the table for a move of God in the region, Lord. Find us ready. Lord, here we are. Use us, whatever that means, whatever it looks like, God. Here we are. Here we are. Burn, burn, burn. I bless the fire. Holy Spirit fire that is beginning to ignite in you. I see barriers and fences that we've put over what God has done in different areas. I see the fire burning those fences up. I feel like there's some that was like, well, I used to do, well, I used to be bold. Well, I used to really tell people about Jesus, but I kind of grew up. Well, you're going to grow down some then. We're going to be children again. And we're going to talk about him again. We're going to proclaim him. We're going to share our testimony. Some of us drew back in places of pain and fire. Someone mocked you. There was resistance. Father, we're not going to shrink back in the fire. Let the fire burn. Let it burn. Let it burn. Let it burn. We just burn up the safety fences. Burn up the fences we put up. Let it burn in our neighborhoods. Let, just right now, let's just lift our neighborhood. Pray for the fire of God to burn in your neighborhood. Father, burn in my neighborhood. Burn through me, Lord. I want to tell you something. You're not just a good neighbor. Lord, forgive us. That's lukewarm thinking. I'm a good neighbor. I'm a good neighbor. I am a lover of Jesus in my neighborhood. I bring the kingdom of God into my neighborhood. I will not just be a good neighbor. Convergence, you will not just be good neighbors. You are more. You are more. It's a great start, but it's not who you are. You are so much more. You carry heavenly life, and you are a sent one from Jesus himself commissioned to live and bring the kingdom of God in that place. And I bless what God is doing. I bless the fire in your neighborhood. I bless the fullness of that fire being expressed through you. I bless the opportunities that you're about to experience in your neighborhood. <laughs> yes. And you're praying, and you're going to pray more, but there's even more than that. Thank you, Father, for moments of opportunity. Thank you, Lord. 
just put your hand on someone around you and just say, fire, burn, burn. You're created to burn. Created to burn. Burn. Let there be fire. Father, ignite that flame. Fan the flame. Fire. 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 Burn. Burn in this Holy One. Burn. Burn in us. Burn in this house, God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Yes. I want us to pray for what the Lord's going to do Friday night in Trinity Park. Lord, we just thank you. We ask you to burn Friday night in Trinity Park, Lord. We ask for wave after wave of your presence and your power that will be overcome. Father, be felt throughout the city. Father, we thank you, Jesus, that you are the healer. You've given gifts of healing for today. And we just thank you for the release of that. Father, we thank you for salvations in the park. Jesus, that you are Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Can we say that together? Jesus, Jesus Christ is Lord. And I just want to bless you. I want to bless you that you are ignitable. You are combustible. You are created to burn. Father, thank you for new days. And when we're not burning, we just step into repentance. We step out of being filled with other things. And we allow him to ignite afresh that fire that fire. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I want to ask some of our group leaders, our ministry teams, just to be up here right now. And if you're here or online and you've never met Jesus in a personal way, we want to just invite you. Someone up here would love to talk with you and share with you how can you, you can receive him. You just invite him into your life. You say you recognize that you need him that you need him in your life and you turn from your sin and you acknowledge that Jesus died on the cross and that he rose again and he wants to come into your life and change your life from the inside out. That's why he died and why he rose again. And you invite him into your life. Jesus, I receive you into my life. I invite you into my life right now. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. And I turn to you and declare that Jesus, you are Lord. And I believe that you rose again. Jesus is mighty to save, isn't he? Hallelujah. Can we thank him for what he's done today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that you send us out. You are sent out to burn this week. You are sent out to burn past the walls past the lines that man has drawn, past the lines that the enemy has drawn, you will burn. And you will burn everywhere the Lord sends you. Father, thank you for your fire today. We bless you for it. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen.